And now, Audio Theater Central. Oh, hi there. I'm John Avery Whitaker. But most folks around here call me Whit. My name is Finian Jones, and you are... Hello, I'm Dave Arnold, your host for Focus on the Family Radio Theater. Hello, welcome to Audio Theater Central. This is the show that's all about family-friendly audio drama. I'm JD. And I'm Roy. And I'm Andrew. This is episode 124, and you'd think after that many episodes I would not mess up the intro, but whatever. I uh, waited a little too long to come in there, but hey, we just run by the seat of our pants on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, well, we have a review of Jake Muller Adventures, their first release called Unidentified. We've got a jam-packed newscast, and and we really mean it this time. This is like my own audiobook. (laughs) Boom. I've got an audiobook version. Hey, you use this for your reel. Yeah, all right. This is my demo reel right here. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Feel free to hit uh, times and a half on this one to get through the news. (laughs) We also have some feedback from EZ, Antonio, DD, Dominic, and Book Learner. We don't have a real name, but we have a, a username. I do know that it is female, though, so, and DD is also, so thanks, ladies, for stepping up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, Roy, I think it's your turn. Majesty Music's latest, and perhaps last, Patch the Pirate production has been released. The production, titled The Final Voyage, continues the adventure from The Incredible Race and has a runtime of an hour and 44 minutes. Basecamp Adventures has released a comic book based on the characters from the audio drama series. Issue number one of the Basecamp Adventures comic is beautifully illustrated in full color and is 32 pages long. Recording has begun for Greenhorn Tales Season 1. The season will have 10 episodes of about 5 to 10 minutes in length written by Christopher Green, Michael Schrader, and J.D. Sutter. Longtime audio drama fans may recognize some of the voices that will appear in these episodes. Composer Aaron Follin announced that he recently scored an episode of Avengers and Odyssey. The episode was written by Marshall Younger and is said to be a nostalgic story for old and new AIO fans. It is tentatively set to release in spring 2020. A ministry called River Cross has created a seven-part miniseries called Holding Esther. This audio drama is set on the continent of Africa and deals with the tough topics of trafficking and exploitation of orphans. It is intended to, quote, equip caregivers of vulnerable children with biblical trauma healing training, unquote. Due to the subject matter, this is not recommended for little ears. The episodes were written by Kathy Buchanan and Marshall Younger and were produced by Todd Bastide. The team at Rivercross has also developed a second series aimed at ministering directly to the orphan children. As with Holding Esther, this program called Jaboda Bridge will also have Kathy Buchanan, Marshall Younger, and Todd Bastide as members of the production team. That's it for this lengthy newscast. I'm Roy reporting for Audio Theater Central. Wow, Roy, goodness. Uh, excellent work there. Yeoman's work. <laughs> <laughs> I just love hearing about new productions that are coming around. You know, it's just like, I always get excited. Oh, there's another new show that we need to check out. Right. Especially when it's one that has some of these amazing names in the space involved in it. You know it's going to be good, right? Exactly. Absolute and Top names <laughs> in the industry. Well, we are here today to talk about Jake Muller, so oh, yes. I think let's jump into that. The Jake Muller Adventures created by Darby Kern, which is a name we are quite familiar with, involved in Heirloom Audio's productions and also Lamplighter Theater, Left Behind, and Kids Corner been around the space as a writer for a long time. Yeah. And now he's creating his own show. This is the first installment of the series called Unidentified, which was released summer 2019. And it has a duration of about an hour, almost an hour and 40 minutes. Jake Muller has been all over the world and seen plenty of strange things, but everything he believes is challenged when he finds a girl 
standing on a frozen lake in Upper Michigan, dressed in jeans and a t-shirt with no footprints leading to her, not even her own. But getting the girl to the hospital doesn't mean she's out of danger. Government agencies and mysterious men in black are closing in, and Jake Muller is beginning to take it personally, and he's got a few tricks of his own. Mm. I decided to go with a little spookier sounding intro music. Perfect, perfect. (laughs) So, as I said, this was written by Darby Kern, also directed by Darby Kern, uh, engineered by Nate Ricks and Todd Busteed at the Gap Digital Studios in Illinois. Sound design, Foley, and dialect coaching by Micah Touche, who we are also familiar with around here. He's played some voices on the Witnesses uh, audio series, as well as the Brinkman Adventures, and uh, he's also a member of the Audio Drama Alliance. So we're, we're quite familiar with Micah, and he's an ATC listener. He has given us feedback over the years. And music was composed by Jared DePasquale. Again, more familiar names. Yes. Like these, these are people that have been around the space for a long yeah. time, collaborating together to make this brand new thing. Exactly. Micah also did all the post-production on the Jake Muller adventures. And from the moment I heard about this, I was excited because Darby had explained that this was not geared at a younger demographic. Right. Yay. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Aimed yeah. at uh, older uh, you know, high school, college, or an adult ages. So finally, yes, I was really excited because we, you know, we've talked about that before that most audio drama that is family friendly, or at least, you know, it's not got a bunch of garbage in it, right? Is aimed at kids. And so this was one of the first times. I mean, the Left Behind series is not aimed at kids, but. That's the only one that I can really think of off the top of my head, besides BBC stuff, you know. Right, right. Exactly. That um, is aimed at adults and has a a storyline that's not dumbed down for kids or it's not, you know, I don't know. It just, I was just excited about it. Yeah. JD told me what this is, what this is going to be about, kind of the backstory. I was like, so, once we got the files, I'm like, done, listen yeah. to it right away. Exactly. And uh in ATC backstage, you can hear my initial reactions to this, the very first time I listened to this. So there you go. Go join backstage. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I wanted to play this trailer. Now, just a little heads up on this for those who have already heard the show. Now, we're going to try not to give away any major spoilers, as we usually do on these kind of reviews. But I did, did want to mention that this was a, a trailer that was cut in the early days of production. And so some of the things have actually changed in the final version. Oh. So uh, in one case, an actor has changed. And then another, the name of a character has changed. But this will still, the scenes are very similar. And this will still give you a good idea of how the show sounds. So without any further ado, here is the Jake Muller Adventures teaser trailer for Unidentified. So, what's on your mind, Jake? Pastor, do you believe in extraterrestrial life? (laughs) No. Aliens? Nope. You don't want to think about it before you answer? Uncle Jake! What is that? Don't move! Are you okay? I think so. You're covered in leaves. You too, Pete. You look like swamp. What's that? And you tell me what's going on. What what do I need to know here? Okay, listen good, because I'm not going to go through this twice. Her name is Julianne Coutier. She left a football party yesterday afternoon and never returned home. Her mother identified her from the picture I just sent. So why is the FBI involved? This isn't exactly a federal issue, is it? I mean, she didn't wander onto that lake from Wisconsin. No, no, she didn't. But this is a federal issue. Why? Because she disappeared yesterday from Wilkinson County, Mississippi. Mi- Mississippi? That's a thousand miles from here. What can I do to help? Don't let Julianne out of your sight. Whatever you do, don't lose her. Jake! Jake! I can't talk, alright? These guys mean business, and they're not being subtle.
Welcome back, Mr. Muller. Uh, who are you? Did you enjoy your ride? Oh, not really. But it was nice to see that whatever kidnapped us did it with parts made in the USA. Oh, this particular vehicle is completely terrestrial. Well, what time did she leave the party? Right after the Saints game, around 4 o'clock. No, no, that's not possible. My nephew and I found her around 4.15, 4.20. There's no time zone change. She couldn't have traveled a thousand miles. Over in... a thousand. Okay, over a thousand miles in 20 minutes. There's no way she could have done that. I am in complete agreement with you. There's no way. Well, good. I'm glad that we agree. Absolutely no way, except she did it. So, even with real UFOs and the abductions taking place, what, what do you want to take Julianne for? She has opened her mind to the greater plan. We are assimilating her, preparing her for the next step. We have friends that are nudging human evolution forward. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Relax, Papa. Ashtar has foreseen everything that has happened so far. It's all unfolding as he planned. And Jake Muller. We will deal with Jake Muller when the time is right. Until then, he cannot hurt us. Wow. Yeah. Wow is right. Everything, that, that music, the, the sound effects, the acting. Oh. Yeah. All excellent. I just don't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> I yeah. just want to go listen to it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have listened to this album countless times. Really? Like just going back. Yeah, because it's perfect. Like you said, like it. Uh, there's enough in it that you can keep listening to it and get new stuff out of it, and it's enough action to keep you interested every time, and conflict and everything. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. So Jake Muller is played by Dugan Sherbondi, and he's also uh, a name that's been around for a while. He was in both the Left Behind series and Left Behind the Kids. And Ariana Rogers is played by Sky Ziskin. Julianne Cormier is uh, Elissa Hatton. Peter Kasdan, a very familiar name, Josh Boltman, oh, yeah. who is who, who's an actor on The Brinkman Adventures, as well as their sound designer and editor and I don't know what all he does for the Brinkman Adventures, but I was very impressed with his acting in this in this uh, audio drama. I mean, he always does good in the Brinkmans, but this yeah. is a completely different kind of character. Right, right. Christian Gill plays Nate Hamill, and Randy Strew plays FBI agent David Beck. Phil Lawler as Pastor Brian Omak. Yeah. Hey, there's a familiar name. Yeah. And Sharon Lane was played by Amy Lilly, who... Some people may know, she was also in the Left Behind series. She played Hattie Durham in Left Behind. And many of our listeners may be familiar, she played Liz on Kids Corner. Ah, there you go. No way. These are some yes. great people I involved totally in I totally missed that. I totally missed that. Okay, side note, real quick rabbit trail about okay. Amy Lilly. We had just this month checked out uh, the Boxcar Children, Red. Uh -huh. All right. By a female narrator. And so we're listening to it. And all of a sudden, like one of the kids' voices comes out of the speaker as Liz, the lizard. And we're like, that sounds just like Liz. What in the world? Like, what That's is awesome. going on? I'm like, and sure enough, it's Amy Lilly. She's she's narrating the audiobook. And one of her voices for one of the kids is Liz, like straight up. That's funny. Unfortunately, my wife does not care for the voice of Liz. So there, uh, went, the, <laughs> there went the boxcar children. Bummer. Uh, bummer. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, side note. I, that's crazy. I did not pick up on that. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, since you brought up a, an audiobook, I'm going to mention one as well. Some of you may be familiar with the Sugar Creek Gang. Have you ever heard of those? Mm -hmm. Yep. That book series? So they are working on the, the publishers re-releasing audiobook versions of those books, and Amy Lilly reads those as well. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> prolific. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I think she does such a good job with the character of Liz. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's so interesting to hear her as a completely different... I mean, Hattie was a com obviously a completely different character, and she uses a similar voice, which I'm assuming is just her regular voice for the character of Sharon 
in in Jake Muller, but um, she's just a great actress. Yeah. So good. And also, I just want to throw this out real quick while we're talking about credits. Uh, Jared, we mentioned Jared DePasquale did the uh, music. He also posted uh, about 11 minutes of score highlights on his website. Oh, he so, did? Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, I'm going to go listen to that. I wish he had just released the whole thing. Yeah. It's so, so good. Yeah. So this is basically four parts. And since this is not intended for radio, they are not you know set in... 25 minute block, you know, yeah, so, no recap right. on the, you know, be, yep. yeah. So it's, it's just great that we're breaking thing. It's great that we're breaking these old. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely awesome. They had Chris Fabry as the announcer. Yeah. That, that dude's voice is so awesome. Yeah, I love it. Stuff. Yeah. So we, we learn in that very beginning in part one that, um, Jake is a like a private consultant, security consultant, and he has a full team, and they they take care of stuff all over the world. Because there's a scene where he mentions a couple of his teammates. One is in like in the Middle East somewhere, another one's else. You know, he just right. I can't I can't recall right now where they were. Do you? Since you've listened to it so many times, mm, I know. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, Supply us with mucho info. Right, right. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't call up the names right off the top of my head. Mm. No, but he's based out of Chicago, Illinois, and it's called Noble Security. And but the story opens up in the UP of Michigan, which is interesting. And so I think, if I picked up on everything correctly, that that Pete, his nephew, and and his parents, they live in Michigan, right? And mm-hmm. so he's just visiting them right. to go on a hunting trip with right. with Peter. Um, yeah, that's what I gathered as well. Okay, so that's where the story opens, and that is an interesting area of the country. The Upper Peninsula of Michigan, like it's it's like its own world up there. Like really, just a lot of open country up there, huh. and um, so that's an interesting place to set that. I thought that was really interesting of Darby to do that. And from that trailer, you know, we hear that the girl had come from Mississippi. The final script is changed. She comes from Louisiana, and she is a, a Cajun, and so she has a very thick Cajun accent, which I thought was. Pretty awesome, yeah. By the way, it sounds like Micah Touche's influence, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And he obviously it says that he was the dialect coach. There you go. So he helped with that for sure, because that's a very interesting region of the country as well. Like that, there are very, very, very many dialects of of waves of speaking down there. Like, yeah. I text JD. I'm like, dude, what's with this girl's voice? <laughs> I'm like, what <laughs> in the world funny. is going on? He's like, you dummy. <laughs> no, no, he didn't say. How cultured are you? <laughs> no, he, he didn't say that. But he's like, uh, yeah, it's the way they speak down there. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, I've been living in a cave somewhere. <laughs> well, I've been down there once in my life. So I don't know it like super intimately, but I did have a family that lived in the region for, for a while. So I'm a bit familiar with it. But here's an interesting thing, though, that um, you hear these little snippets and tidbits of this huge backstory that Jake has. Right. But we don't know anything about it. Right. Right. And I love that Darby has thought this all out and he's got this entire story that makes Jake who he is. Exactly. Yeah. And it's still, all these past events are still affecting him. And we're just kind of dropped into this one scene. He's got this history with Ariana. He's got this history with Sharon Lane that we don't know anything about. And then we find out little bits and pieces but he never does give us the whole story. Right, right. We know he's loaded with money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We find that out, which is really cool. Which, that, I mean, that is itself, like, just opens up the possibilities oh, yeah. for stories. Like, oh, yeah. If you have uh, untapped uh, resources, like, where could you take this character? Like, yeah. it's, the possibilities are endless, right? Yeah, exactly. There's a one uh, scene with uh, the FBI agent that I thought was hilarious. When they're talking about all these UFO uh, enthusiasts and like these people that are all into aliens and studying this stuff. And he, he called them cellar dwellers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny myself. <laughs> and then another another scene is when Jake is talking with Pete. So the next day after they find this girl, he's at the home and they're eating breakfast or whatever. And... Um, Pete says something about his mom had told him something about Jake and he's like, you guys talk about me when I'm not yeah, here? And yeah. Pete's, Pete's just like straight up was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Basically. And and he's like, well, what else did she say? Yeah. And Pete's like, well, what do you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> and Jake's like, ah, I'm good. Yeah. One of the things that stood out to me from the very beginning is how much Dugan sounds like 
Townsend Coleman. Oh, my word. I thought the same. Like, I couldn't get over it. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess if you can't have Townsend. No. <laughs> uh, it's really good. No, but it's like perfect. Like, Jake Moore is is so... I mean, it's not a direct parallel, but they're very similar characters. Right. Jason yeah, Whitaker, right? Exactly. Very similar. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like if we took Jason and wrote a whole story about his life, you know. Would, yeah. Yeah. It might not be such a bad idea, by the way. <laughs> well, Darby's doing it. So, well, in a way. <laughs> I could get behind a whole series behind, of stories about Jason. Yeah. That'd be awesome. No kidding. I think Jake Muller is probably a little more exciting than Jason, actually. I'd go on a limb here and say that. Yeah. Pro- yeah. In some ways. Yeah. He's a private citizen, like he's not tied to any agency. So, like yeah. Jason had restrictions that he yeah. had, work, had to work within. That's true. But yeah. Uh, so I, there's this one clip that I wanted to play because it just shows that an example of how Darby kind of drips out the backstory of of Jake without just like throwing it all at you. Mm-hmm. But he he works it into the dialogue in really creative ways. But it's never like huge sections. So you're like, all right, here we go. More backstory. Exactly. It's like he works it in so naturally, but then he always goes right back into the action. Exactly. And so this is a scene where Jake is talking with the doctor in the hospital after dropping off this girl that he found out in the wilderness. And um, and this is just an example of what I'm talking about here. And it's just really great how he does it. Hey, can I ask you something? Yeah. You are the Jake Muller that owns Noble Security, right? You wrote that book about rescuing Ambassador Blevins? Uh-huh. Wow. Thanks for your service. Uh, I, I wasn't in the Army by that time. I was working as a private citizen. Well, I know what you went through. Blevins was my second cousin. No kidding. Small world. And I knew Sharon Lane, too. Yeah. Uh, look, right now... I just want to do something to help this girl here. Sure, sure, yeah, I get it. So can I see her? Let's let her rest for now. Like I said, it's still early. Hey, isn't that a room? What? Yeah. That guy with the camera's going into a room. Hey, hang on a second. Hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Yeah. But, you know, then we find out he was in, he was in the army at one time. Yeah. And then there's this, there's something about his, in his past about Sharon that he doesn't want to talk about. And so it's just a super creative way he did that. And all of this before he's even 30. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Uh, There was one way that he does give us a little bit of a, a snippet of this whole situation with Sharon and the ambassador. And that's by using a dream sequence in part two. It does two things. It gives us a little bit more of that story, but it also shows us how this whole situation and what happened is still affecting Jake because he's having nightmares about it. Right. So it's developing the character at the same time as giving the audience a little peek into his history. Exactly. And and it was really, really good. And uh, in, in this episode, we also hear Micah Touche as the pilot in, in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do have... Um, one little gripe. Aha. Uh-oh. Pull it out. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so um, Jake has this his team members, and throughout this episode, or throughout this set of episodes, or this production, several times he speaks with one of his team members called Nate. And we never do really get much of Nate in the story. I'm hoping that he will you know, play a role in some of the future productions because he seems like an interesting character is one of maybe i don't know if it's like jake's right hand man with with noble security or what but he calls him several times or meets him and um there is a part where he's being uh followed jake is being followed by somebody and yes. he talks to he's talking to nate about it and nate makes a joke saying well maybe he thinks you're cute and oh yeah yeah, yeah. I'm like that was a little unnecessary i'm like i, I could have done without that line like what what's the point of that you know but that's frankly, I think that's the that's the biggest gripe I have with this whole show. Yeah, we could probably give a recommendation if they're willing to listen. Okay, <laughs> I was listening to this with one of my students. I had actually picked them up, was bringing them to school, and we were listening to this in anticipation of reviewing it. And at one point, Jake Muller is trying to reach the FBI agent, and he can't get a hold of him. 
and he says, shoot. Now, that's what he said. And that's not what it sounded like he said. <laughs> we oh, we backed it up three times and turned it up really loud and listened to it very closely. And we're looking at each other going, um, um, wow. that really sounded like he said another word that probably wouldn't be contained in a family-friendly audio drama. So yeah. if you're taking recommendations, maybe find a different word. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. I honestly, I thought, I even messaged everybody on yeah. Slack, and I was like, um, am I the only person that heard this? What's going on yeah. here? And everybody confirmed it. Well, he, he says it's under, it's under his it's breath, a, yeah, he, and so yeah. it's hard. Yeah, It's hard to hear it, and so it's kind of a perfect storm for uh, and especially a word like that. If you're listening in the car, you might have a little bit of road noise that right. affects it, which a lot of families do listen to stuff on exactly. road trips, right? Exactly right. I've only listened to with earbuds, so I've heard it clearly. But I can totally see what you're saying there, yeah. Andrew. Yep. So I just thought it would be important for us to mention that because when you're choosing words that the character is going to utter in frustration, you might want to <laughs> be cautious with the one you pick. Yeah. Good point. Uh, Valid point. Ooh, good point. We always have to throw that. Yeah, in, right? that's yeah. right. But I, I, I love the intrigue of the of the backstory with Jake and Ari, and. Again, we don't have a clue what really happened. Yeah. But obviously they dated at some point, but that's really all that we learn in this story. Exactly. It's like the perfect mix, right? You got action, romance, a little bit of romance in yeah. there and just not a ton, but yeah, enough. Not a ton. But then and then there, here's here's the whole and which we haven't talked about much, the whole UFO thing going on. Sure. And like dealing with that subject and Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I thought was absolutely hilarious <laughs> in part two, uh Ari calls Jake while he's being chased. Yeah. And she's calling asking him to get some milk. <laughs> Can you pick up some milk? Perfect yeah. Time. yeah. Of oh, course yeah. she has no idea, but yeah. it's still yeah. pretty hilarious. Uh, that, that just cracked me up. Uh, this is probably not a good time. Yeah. I'm running for my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the whole scene of him jumping off into the river yeah. is great. Oh man, great sound design. And like the back and forth between Jake and the bad guys and everything. Perfect. Perfect scene transitions and everything. I think it sounded great. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty hilarious too. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, so there's a scene after that where he uh, he goes into the bank. Oh, man. And <laughs> I love it. He's, he's sopping wet. Yes. Uh, there was one l- little bit of the sound design there with the water droplets hitting the bank floor. like the Yeah. Floor. Obviously, it was like a tile, or not tile, but probably like marble floors in Something. a real yeah. nice bank or whatever. But something about those water droplets sounded a little bit off to me. Mm. I thought maybe it was a little overdone, but I thought it was on purpose to be funny. So I didn't really think about it beyond that. I thought it was intentional. Maybe somebody can enlighten us on that. Yeah. That's what it kind of felt like to me. Yeah, that 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 is entirely possible. Maybe they were doing it for more of a comedic effect or something, which if so, I, I still don't think that should happen in a show like this. Or not. Sure. But, you know, it, there was something, I, mean, I don't know if it was a... a a reverberance on the mm. the effect as it drops or sure. there was something there that was just slightly off. It didn't yeah. fit the scene 100%. But again, this is a nitpicking thing. And <laughs> so when you have a show that's done this well, it's, it's hard to find. Yeah. To, not that we're, not we're, we're trying yeah. to criticize <laughs> All things, right, what can we find? <laughs> it did just stand out to me a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing that stood out to me, and this is not necessarily a bad thing, but maybe it's just a, a peek into where these bad guys are coming from. But when the bad guys are chatting on the phone, so we have one agent who's following – I call him an agent. I don't. We don't really know what they are. Right. But uh, one guy is following Jake and he's kind of checking in with somebody back at the base or w- whatever is going on, wherever their headquarters is or whatever. But he says something about Jake jumping from a car park. Now, that is a British term. For a parking lot. Ah. But this guy does not have a British accent. Interesting. So I thought it was interesting that he would use that term. Like, that is not a North American term. Yeah. I thought you were just misspeaking just now, JD. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's funny. I did not even pick <laughs> yeah, up on Yeah, exactly. That. I didn't either. Huh. And they also use it in Australia, so which is very influenced by British English. Maybe he's from Australia. Uh, so, so I don't know, but car park, it was an interesting usage there, so... Maybe Darby can enlighten us on that. <laughs> you car the park or you park the car? Which one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of my favorite scenes in the entire thing is in part three 
where Brian O'Mac, the pastor, and Jake are chatting in the hotel and just kind of like going through this whole thing and like all of the scientific facts and stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't like slamming you in the face with all no. this scientific jargon and stuff. It no, was it was good. Just the way that he talks about it all using scripture and actual scientific research and, you know, it was really, really good. Yeah. What's interesting is when you said one of my most favorite scenes of this whole thing, my mind was instantly there and then you called the scene. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, that's awesome. Yeah. And another reason why is because the music in that scene, mm-hmm. so good. It yeah. fit entirely like hand in a glove. It was awesome. It had that suspense to it, but it was real creepy as well. Yeah. Oh, it was just amazing. And can I just say like the pastor, mm-hmm. him eating. Yes, yes, and talking so at the same time. made me so, so hungry. Oh, I my know. word. I was like, like oh, that has got to be like the best. Burger. Yeah, and it? the best like food effect sound while talking I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I was, was starving. I'm like, <laughs> oh, and the ribs. I was just like, oh, my goodness. I am dying right now. <sighs> it sounded so good. Because like, I totally know the feel. right? Not, 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 I don't know the feeling of jumping off a bridge and running for my life and then having a good dinner, but like just being exhausted and like in a hotel room and just having some great comfort food, you yeah. know, just like, oh man, I was starving. And the way Phil pulled that off, I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and Phil's delivery of like, yeah, hand it over here. <laughs> okay, thanks. You know, like he yeah. was just like, oh my word, it was so funny. I'm so glad yeah. that he was involved yes. in this story. Yes. I don't know if he's just like a one-time character or not, but yeah, it just shows <laughs> how talented this guy is. Yeah. He's an amazing writer. Right. Creates all these amazing characters for these different shows. He's a, a fabulous director. I mean, it just we, – we've seen him direct. Right. And – and now, and we knew, I mean, he's played Dale Jacobs for how many years? Right, exactly. But this, him in this role, it was so good. Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> and that brings us to the uh, part four, the final climax here, which we, we're not going to give away too much here, but it just kind of sounds like we have this huge international group of just crazy weirdos. <laughs> who are, That's a good description, yes. <laughs> Who are working with, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, aliens, and um, we're not going to give that away because I think that the way that it is laid out in the show is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, but also in part four is where we get uh, Darby's cameo as Hank, the tow truck driver. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which was actually kind of funny too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was really good. The ending is just crazy. Like it, it's mind blowing. Like this, or like, oh my goodness. I never thought it was going to go this way. Yeah, right, how did we right. get here? Yeah, and it's not wrapped up too fast. No. It's like perfectly played out. Lots of things are left open so the show can continue, mm-hmm. but not in an unsatisfactory way. I thought the way things are tied up as much as they could be for this four-parter, it was really well done. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So last episode, we talked about Robin Hood, which is one of the best audio dramas. Now we're talking about Jake Miller Adventures, Unidentified, which – is fantastic in a completely different way. Oh, exactly. it's excellent. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What a great time to be audio drama fans, exactly. right? I mean, exactly. That is very, very true. So, two thumbs way up for, oh, yeah. from me for oh, this yeah. one. Loved it. Loved it. And I cannot wait for more. I mean, this, this show is it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's phenomenal. There's a link in the show notes. Head over to their website, jakemulleradventures.com, and uh, get your copy directly from them. That's uh, they're not they're not using any third party right now. Trying to raise money to continue the series. If this piques your interest at all, go get this audio drama. Highly recommend it. Absolutely. And uh, just a quick shout out here. I wanted to say thank you to Ben Jackson, who I don't recall ever reaching out to us at ATC. Uh, the name didn't didn't ring a bell, and I apologize, Ben, if you have reached out to us before, but I saw that he had reviewed this production on the Jake Muller website, and he kind of mentioned us in, in his review. So Nice. I mentioned that because I wanted to say thank you to Ben, and also I wanted to say to you, the listener, if you ever go and buy any of the stuff that we talk about, and there is any way to leave feedback to the producer, let them know that you heard about it from ATC. That that actually helps us a lot. Yeah. It lets these producers know that working with us to help spread the word is actually benefiting them. So thank you, Ben. He said that this is his favorite or his new favorite audio theater. 
And then he said he heard about it from ATC. And it was better than he even hoped it would oh, be. Oh, that's cool. So thank you, Ben. And um, Jake Muller Adventures is worth your money and your time to listen to. Again, link in the show notes. So uh, what do you think of the show? Please leave your message after the tone. Hi, Audio Theater Central. Hey, guys, this is Austin Peachy. Hello, J.D., Roy, and Andrew. My name is Victoria. Now, yesterday, I received a letter from a big fan. No time to chat. I've got an email list. Another package for me today. No, it's actually just your mail. Ah, yes, it is time for feedback to hear from you, the listeners. If you would like to get in touch with us, send your emails to feedback at audiotheatercentral.com. Comment on the show notes. We're always happy to interact with you there. Or send a text message or give us a call to 623-688-2770. And by the way, all of this contact information is always in the show notes every single time. So if you miss it when we when we mention it here in the episode, you can always head to the show notes and see that phone number and that email address. All right. So we have an email here from DD. This is in response to our distribution discussion from Audio Theater Central 122, one of the best episodes we have ever yeah, produced if we can yeah. pat ourselves on the back here. So go listen to that before you listen to Definitely this. Definitely <laughs> hit a nerve in the, uh, in the community with this one. Yeah. Good stuff. Hello, Andrew, JD, and Roy. Alphabetical order. Boom. You can't argue <laughs> with the alphabet. I just want to say that this is a man or woman filled with wisdom. This is a, this is a female. Perfect. <laughs> They st- like I said, they stepped up this uh, this episode. I've had several bits of feedback sitting around in a Word doc from some- for some time now, and I finally decided to get it together and send it out. Yay! Uh, we agree. I'm a legally blind, soon-to-be college student who is an avid audio drama enthusiast. I love audio drama of all kinds, and that's why I think merging them on a platform would be very convenient. Who knows? Perhaps together they could develop an app that actually works. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> well, I'm sorry if I blew the speaker on that one. Yep. Oh, man. I was not expecting that. That got me. That's funny. Okay. Oh, that's so right. awesome. <laughs> this is so great. So this is an interesting, this is an interesting comment here because now I'm about to go off on a rant. Oh, boy. Rant. So th- this is great. Apple just introduced in iOS 13 uh, something called voice control. And it's it's not necessarily for blind users. They have an voice over thing that, that's for that. But the point is that accessibility is a very important part of the Apple platform. There's a lot of folks uh, with various disabilities that use it exclusively because their accessibility frameworks and things like that are so good that developers can easily implement them. And it's very important to mm-hmm. the company, etc. So it takes extra effort and work to be able to program an app or to write an app that has built-in accessibility features from the beginning. Interesting. And so from the perspective of this listener specifically, it would be very important to have a well-developed app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that's just slapped together, like me and you, oh, it the interface doesn't go from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen. That's so annoying. Who cares? Yeah. For this... uh Listener, it may be the difference between her being able to use it and not being able to use it. Good point. So actually, her comment is pretty accurate. Yeah. Maybe they could all get together and produce an actually good app. And from us, that's just like, well, that's kind of funny because, you know, we get annoyed with these little like niggles that we have, like, why doesn't it autoplay and blah, blah, blah. And that's important because there's a lot of listeners like us to whom that'd be important. Oh, man. To Dee, this might be the difference between her being able to use it and not being able to use it. So. Actually, putting effort into your app is probably a good idea. Okay, anyway, no, I'll turn my rant I, off. <laughs> well, I'll pick up on it a little bit because there you go. I do freelance audio production for uh, clients as well, not just our, our own shows. Uh, there's a quick, quick plug if you're interested. There you go. <laughs> JDSutter.me is my website. But anyway, uh, that's not why I brought that up. But one of my clients, she works in the disability space, and I produce a show for her where she interviews people who are creating solutions in different disability spaces or people with challenges, autism, or different different things like that in wheelchairs or whatever. And the Apple accessibility uh, tools are very important for people who are um, quadriplegics or exactly. other kind of things. And 
that voice control is very important. So you're, I just wanted to basically back up what you're saying there, Andrew, because it's 100% correct. It's very important, those accessibility features. And when I first read her email, of course, it just made me chuckle because we've talked about the yeah. – the, the the as you call them little niggles that we have yeah. with the with the certain apps which will not be named right now, <laughs> but that is a huge huge point. So thank you for bringing that up because we we have heard from several blind folks in recent uh, recent months exactly. who are listening to ATC and are fans of audio drama. So this is a very important issue. That's all I'm saying. We can continue now. <laughs> well, actually, let's continue. Uh, I feel I feel actually kind of bad because I've never thought about this before, but. Audio drama yeah. to folks with low sight or no sight, that makes so much sense that it would be very important to them. Yeah. yeah. I can I can totally understand that. What what an audience. They can't watch movies anyway. Mm-hmm. So the world of audio drama is much more important because it's built for listening. Movies are not built for listening. They're built with the idea that, oh, the person is seeing what's going on on the screen. So we can skip the description of the main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, or we can skip over sound effects that build an entire soundscape of what's going on we can just kind of skip over that because there's visual media that's Mm -hmm. okay well what about people who can't enjoy the visual media or whatever yeah or won't or by choice so it makes a lot of sense i would think that audio drama would or at least should be very big in the community of folks who have low sight to no sight i can imagine that that would be a huge deal so so i i find this to be uh kind of enlightening now continuing on with uh (laughs) <laughs> with Didi's feedback. Overall, to us, as the listeners, it seems well and good, but could this by any chance turn into a monopoly on audio drama streaming? Uh-huh. And to that I would say, in all likelihood, since no one is doing it, it probably would be. Sure. And I don't Not think that's a production. bad thing. No, no, I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing either. No. Not production, but the streaming of it mm-hmm. and the hosting of it, I think so. And I don't think that would be bad. I think that would actually be good. Yeah. In regards to changing how you review Odyssey, I must say, please do not go spoiler-free. Whatever you do, please don't. It's the one show you can go all out on and discuss all the nitty-gritty plot details. I feel it would lose something if you tiptoed around spoilers. I'd rather wait the extra months for the in-depth review. Here's the main point of this email. Do you think family-friendly audio dramas made specifically for adults are possible? All the family-friendly shows I know of are primarily aimed at children which is fine, I'm happy to listen to them, but I would love to see more directed towards adults or college-age students. Does family-friendly, by its own nature, inherently exclude more adult themes? I don't mean adult as in language or content, I mean it as in more mature, if that makes any sense. Thanks for taking the time to read this. ATC is one of my favorite podcasts. Love you guys sincerely. Didi. Thank you. Timely. Yes. Muller. Yes, behold. Your wish is Darby Kern's command from a (laughs) long time ago that he didn't know you were wishing for. So yeah, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I would recommend. Exactly. Jake Muller. I I would even say that Robin Hood. Yeah. uh, I I would say Hinty Air Theater are, they tend to be less for kids. Right. So much so that they don't, they don't give you any warnings at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. They just go into the story. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know what? I thought about that. Yeah. And Jonathan Park's getting there. I will say that. Honestly, that's true. Some of their new stuff coming out. There's no warnings on it, and I was blown away. I was like, whoa. Yes, they were too, almost. They're, they're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. No, but that is true, although they are still, I mean, quote, unquote, their target demo is still that yeah. same age group as sure. Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. But I think she has a valid point, Yeah. right? For years, I mean, what did we have? For all these years, we had CBS. Down Gilead Lane, yeah. we had Odyssey, we had Paws and Tails, we had yeah. The Pond, we had Kids Corner. They're all very high quality, yep. but they are geared towards children. Right. Maybe this is a larger discussion about, do we feel like we just give up on teenagers because they're so into visual media? To that, I say, nay, nay. Mm-hmm. And and down with that idea. If that's if that's what uh, if that's what the thinking is, I, I think that's a terrible mistake because we have. I know that this isn't like a massive audience. Okay, it's not millions of people, but it's probably but it on an, an order of hundreds yeah. of thousands of people mm-hmm. who do not watch movies and and don't desire to go there. And we have teenagers who their entertainment media is audio drama exclusively, and they would probably enjoy something a little bit 
focused on more older audiences than Odyssey. I've run into, especially playing these audio dramas at the school and hearing feedback from kids that are teenagers, that they still love Odyssey, but a lot of them, especially the young men, as they get older, they get bored with it, which I can actually, I can understand. We got to grow up in those teenage years with Novacom. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm, true, true. So, so that's, that's totally different. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's one of the things that kept me around. That's I was bored. Okay. From about 12 to 16, I was bored with Odyssey. I didn't listen to it very much. You know what got me back into it? It was the Novacom saga. It was sitting in a parking lot hearing Mr. Whitaker, Mitch is dead or Robert Mitchell is dead. Whoa, hey, what? This is Odyssey. They don't do that kind of thing. And so that got me back into it. So I think an older focused audio drama like Jake Muller is needed. Not just import, not just like, oh, that'd be cool. But I think it's needed because I feel like maybe the attitude is we're just seeding the older teenage audience to, well, they're just going to want to watch movies, so forget it. Yeah. Maybe that's not the thinking, but... Yeah, I don't understand why... Most of these producers target kids. I, I mean, it's important to have stuff for kids to listen yes, to, of course. But that genre but, seems to be pretty well covered. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and is it because that once you get older, the parents are not really buying them for the kids anymore? Mm. And so they, they think there's going to be less sales or yeah. I think that could be a factor. I don't know. That's but, possible. You do have to have a market. So that's true. But I think we're saying that there is a market. Yeah, I think so too. If we can, if they can figure out how to tap into it, mm-hmm. and I think Darby's well on his way to doing it. Yeah, with this Jake Muller, content-wise, it's, oh. it's it's there now. Yeah, we're doing what we can to get the word out. But the right audience. if he can find that right, the right people to connect to. Yes, case in point is the young man I was listening to this audio drama with Jake Muller on the way into school mm. is seventeen. And he's not, I mean, he likes Odyssey, but it's not really his thing anymore. He likes the big G.A. Henty lamplighter audio dramas. But within the first episode, he didn't want us to stop listening to it. When we got to the school, he's like, oh, man, you know, this is a bummer. We sat there for like two minutes and finished the episode or whatever because (laughs) it grabbed his attention. And he wanted to know what happened in the story. Yeah. So there is definitely an attraction there. So I think that we might be missing something. And I'm glad that Darby has uh, kind of clued in on that. Uh, it's been, I think it's been needed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. Clued in. Yeah. Speaking of clues, like the 39 clues, that's got that same audience, right? That oh. teenage audience. Yeah, kind of. Especially, it started with, see, they did a better job, in my opinion, than Odyssey did. They started with the main characters being 14 and 12. They targeted the the upper end of that sort of Odyssey range, yeah, and they got older, yeah, and the things they started going through got more intense, exactly, uh, as they got older, yeah. So it makes a lot of sense, and they brought in romance when she turned like sixteen or something like that. It's like okay, that makes a lot of sense, exactly. So this this is a good point because to draw a parallel to publishing, the YA market in books is huge, very mm. huge, massive, yeah. So why? How can we translate that over to audio? You know, yeah. that's the that's the thing. Yeah. And I don't have an answer necessarily, yeah. but I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah. And the new Jonathan Park stuff, I think, is is going there. Mm. They're older. You know, I think the youngest kid's like 15, maybe. And they're dealing with like some teenage issues and all this yeah. stuff. And so I think, and I think really they should let that happen. start. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They got a good start in reaching the YA market, I think, yeah. personally. And I know Odyssey made an intentional decision, but I think we're probably outliers somewhat. I know there's a lot of people our age that still listen to Odyssey and still enjoy it and who are having children now. And I can't wait until my girls are old enough that I can introduce them to Odyssey in a similar way that I was introduced to it. They already listen to Odyssey, but I can't wait until they're interested enough for me to go back to number one and listen to the entire thing all the way through. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Right now, they're still a little too young. We just listened to an episode here or there. But right now there's kind of a gap as, as I get old enough to have children who are old enough to, to really like Odyssey. There's already people who are, who are of that age, but they do a fair job of keeping the adults in, in it. But I think that there needs to be more of a mix of, you know, what happened to Donna being 16 and and having a lesson about modesty? Mm -hmm. What happened to Jimmy being 14 and having lessons about life Mm -hmm. and the things that you go through in life at that age? 
what I don't know what happened to that, and oh. we don't have it anymore. Yeah. It's just eight to twelve. Period. End of story. Yeah. Like they don't even really touch those kinds yeah. of things very much anymore. DGL did it. Exactly. Yeah. They let the kids age, and yeah. and I think at least one family, like the Parkers, you know, uh, keep rotating in other families, do whatever. But let Matthew get older. Let Olivia get older. Start dealing with some of those things again. Well, I guess maybe they are starting to again because we do have Jules and Buck. But I don't know. It seems like the focus has shifted more to just the 8 to 12-year-old. There's a lot less of the other. Maybe yeah. that's just nostalgia and clouding the memory. But Well, maybe to a certain extent, but I think you do have a point there. All of that to to say there is a gap here in the in the market and – I think Jake Muller is stepping into that. I, I just really hope that they're able to pull it off and get enough of a following to yes. be able to do more because yeah. that's what it's going to take. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's like the last chance detectives. Okay, we're going to we're gonna ride this train. Thanks, DD. <laughs> right? Last chance yeah. detectives was like the YA stuff mm-hmm. of Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they would have continued that, that was great. You know? They were – the youngest kid on that was, what, 14, 15? All the rest of them were in their teens and stuff. And I know that's also kind of what Phil was trying to do with Elliot House. Yeah. But oh, yeah. as Elliot great as Elliot House is, yeah. we've got six episodes. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and I know, again, it takes money sure. to continue these projects. Yeah. And the 14, 15, 16-year-old kids at school, which is like my test, whatever. Yeah, your test This is where I figure out what the kids actually want. Yeah. They loved Elliot House. It was, you know, Boom. the character development at the beginning. They yeah. had a hard time, you know, sure. getting through episode one. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there was a lot of a lot character of development. production stuff. But... When they got past that and started to get into the story, many of them loved it, especially the young men. Again, especially the young men. I'm going to keep emphasizing that because most of the Odyssey fans are girls. The ones who are still like uber Odyssey fans, they okay, love to listen to every single one, da 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 the, the boys aren't as connected to it anymore because they've started to outgrow it a little bit more than what Odyssey tends to focus on is still maybe a little bit more attractive to teenage girls than it is to teenage boys. Mm, just okay. the fact of how it works or whatever. But they loved Iliad House. They loved the Hinty audio dramas. They loved Robin Hood. Those they they enjoy those types of things when we listen to them to you know together in class or whatever. They really do like it. So I feel like there is a need to try to tap into that more. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we have another uh, discussion episode where we could just go on about, but uh, we do need to move on to other feedback. But I mean, that there's obviously a, uh, some good points there. And real quickly, just thank you, Didi, for the feedback about Odyssey. So we will definitely keep that in mind. And um, basically, I already come to the conclusion that we're not going to go spoiler-free for Odyssey reviews. Yeah, it's, it's just, kind of impossible. It's, just, it's too fun to dig into the details, like she said. So no fears there, Didi. <laughs> well, the next piece of feedback is also an email, and this one is from Book Learner. That's her screen name. And again, it's a female, so thank you, girls, for stepping up. I say girls. I don't know how old the, either <laughs> of these are, but... <laughs> I don't mean that in a derogatory way, so don't 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 get upset. <laughs> she says, "Hello ATC. I've been poking around your place off and on for a while." Well, that's a little creepy. No. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> she said, "But recently listened to your episode 123 and am determined to be a regular from now on." Well, that is good to hear. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> what a great review and interview. I'm excited about the Sonicon and I'm planning on going if nothing stops me. All right. Awesome. Don't let anything stop you. It will be fun to meet you guys in person. You three sound so comfortable like you are my cousins. (laughs) Oh, very nice. And I don't know what that emoji is. It's a group of three people. So maybe that's supposed to be us. Three boys. Three guys. (laughs) I'll take the role of the... uh, Well, no, actually, Roy has to take the role of the the little kid. The bald-headed kid, yeah. Uh, She continues, I love that you are so knowledgeable and geeked out over audio dramas. Yeah, I I think we are. Mm -hmm. I think we're geeks on it. (laughs) You have a good thing going, she said. Uh, She also said, I I sometimes link to your website on my blog. And uh, she puts a link to her blog there. And she also said, which is another major reason why I wanted to include this, is that she went over to iTunes to give a five-star review to counteract the one that we mentioned in episode 123. (laughs) Yeah. We'll take it. Thank you very much. And uh, I did check out her blog. And if you're interested... Uh, there's a link in the show notes. It is booklearned.wordpress.com. 
and she writes a lot of really good in-depth book reviews. I, I'm a bookworm, and I know that you guys listen to a lot of audiobooks and read as well, so perhaps other listeners are into that as well. So it's worth checking out. She uh, writes really great reviews. So booklearned.wordpress.com, and of course there's a link in the show notes. But thank you very much for the feedback, and thanks for the review in iTunes. <laughs> yeah. We got a blog comment uh, from Antonio. For the Odyssey question, I'd prefer you to do them with spoilers after they have been aired on the radio. All right. Yeah. So that seems to be the consensus. People do not want us to go spoiler free. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Also, to elaborate on the radio Netflix comment I made, I think you did... I think you did get what I was trying to say. Netflix Japan release new content for the original shows every week, but only when there is new content. They don't produce something every week. While Netflix America waits until the whole season has been released. I would prefer a Netflix Japan-styled Radio Flicks. Aha! A new yeah. name. Radio Flicks. Product name. Boom. <laughs> well, Todd Bustide already has Ear Flicks. Uh-oh. Ah. <laughs> Similar name, but... I think the great thing about those names is that you get immediately what it's talking about, right? exactly. Yeah, so all of these different ways of getting the content out there, I think while it is important, I think the main thing is to get all the people involved and so we at least have something from these major producers on there. So, Right. But yeah, who knows where this this all could lead. I'm hoping that something will come. Yeah, maybe start sending your letters to uh, Box 9800, Vancouver, BC, or whatever. <laughs> Focus on the family. <laughs> they listen to their they listen to their fans, so. There you go. Yeah, start sending you. Yeah, just just overwhelm the Odyssey mailbox <laughs> or Focus on the Family with requests saying, "Hey, we need a platform where we can get all of these audio dramas." Exactly. Let them know that you want that. <laughs> Come to SonicCon and start telling everybody you see. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, then we had an email from EZ. So, you guys mentioned Down Gilead Lane and Red Rock Mysteries when you talked about Children's Bible Hour this month. But those were not what I was wondering if you were aware of. For over 50 years, starting in 1942 during the Golden Age of Radio, and ending in or around 1999 or 2000, just before Down Gilead Lane, hmm. CBH was a weekly half-hour or daily 15-minute program that used young actors and music, usually old hymns and southern gospel songs, to tell stories and share the gospel. The program bridged the gap between old-time radio and the start of AIO. It was one of the largest Christian outreaches on earth at the time on over 600 radio stations by the early 90s. Keys for Kids Ministries still makes one episode of the half-hour and 15-minute programs available weekly as a podcast, but I don't think they believe based on what they've told me, that kids would be reached by these shows anymore. They don't sell the radio broadcasts as aired, but they've got a couple collections of the stories for only $5. You guys should totally review one of those, not only because I'd love to see what you think, if you've never heard them, but to hopefully make folks aware, and perhaps the ministry will sell more of them. These really were so very important to family-friendly audio drama for so many years, I hate the thought that they'll be forgotten. As I said, they went all through the 90s, so unlike, say, Ranger Bill, many are not dated and hopefully would still be really enjoyable. Plus, there are many of the actors and singers that you guys probably could talk to if you do the reviews of older stuff. If I didn't mention it, I'd love to know where or if I could find any of the original Kids Corner stuff before it completely changed. Those were awesome as well, and while not dramas, were quite popular. Christian Radio had so many of these types of shows even before AIO, And since you guys started listening to AIO in the mid or late 90s, you may have missed most of them. I'd love to hear your thoughts and see if you can revive interest in some of this amazing, amazing stuff. Great feedback there, Easy. Yeah. Now, I was aware of those original Children's Bible Hour programs. I have mentioned in past shows, and it probably hasn't been recently, but I have mentioned in the past that I did used to listen to that show. It was a daily show. I would listen to it every day after school. And then on Saturday, they had the original program that was, you know, stories and and um, lots of music. They would, you know, kind of intersperse it with songs. And so I have heard those. I did not realize that it was, you know, there was that many episodes of it that it went on for that many years. But yes, I, do, I was aware of the pre-Down Gilead Lane programs that Children's Bible Hour or CBH Ministries was producing. Now, I don't know, have you either of you guys heard any of those? I don't think so. Yeah. 
So that program was, was great. I mean, as a kid, I loved it. Yeah. Um, the problem is, like you said, they're, they're not really available anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do have a contact over there at Keys for Kids Ministries. I can reach out and kind of see what they're thinking on with the, with those programs and if they ever would release them or who knows, maybe they could add those into this, yeah. this uh, platform that we're talking about here. Exactly. Absolutely. The so, more the merrier. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why add all this content in there and they could, as you pointed out in our discussion, Andrew, is like start earning a little... Yeah. You know, a little royalty for every download or every stream. Right. You know? Exactly. And of course, he mentions Ranger Bill. Love that show. Yes, it is a little dated, but all old time radio is. That's Ranger mm-hmm. Bill is basically old time radio, right? Yep. You know, uh, but it's a great show. Now, Kids Corner original show, no. As far as I know, there's nowhere to get any of those. Reframe Media is the group who currently has the rights to all the Kids Corner branded uh, programs, and they are a subsidiary of. Back to God Ministries, and from what I understand from my contacts over there is all of that stuff, I think it is still around somewhere in internally, but they have not released any of that stuff uh, publicly or for purchase or anything like that. So I don't know if it ever would be, and I have never heard any of that original Kids Corner broadcast, so I don't know uh, about it at all, at least that I know of. No. I mean, I mean, if it was going on all those years ago, I may have heard it, right? because we listened to a uh, most of the places where I lived in the Midwest, the Moody radio stations were very big. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their stuff was aired on there. I don't know where Kids Corner was, who had it back in those days. Maybe it was aired back then, and I just don't remember. It was a long time ago. So, yeah, as far as I know, that stuff is not available. But, again, who knows what if it could be resurrected for, for some sort of a audio platform. Um, so I don't know. Something like, what would you call something like that? Uh, well, this is audio theater, so you know, audio theater in some central type of place where you might find such things. Yeah. Uh, uh, audio theater uh, headquarters. No, 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 no. central place where you so, might find all these things. Uh, so, oh. oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Phil Aller. <laughs> By the way, I don't think I've ever, ever mentioned this on the show, but that was one of the names that I was tossing around at the beginning. You guys know that, but yeah. audio audio theater headquarters was one of the ideas that we had early, early, early on. But uh, yeah, in case you were interested, there's a little tidbit. Yeah. There you go. So thank you. Easy. Great, great feedback. Uh, just to, we, we have an amazing listener. Can I yeah. say that? We have amazing listeners. Yeah. Such awesome people. All right. And our last bit today is an email from Dominic, and he says, hey, Andrew, JD, and Roy... Andrew gets to go first this time. Twice in one episode. Whoa. Man, yeah, dude. People are spoken. Yes. (laughs) And then he says, and JD, what's the Oreo without the frosting? Oh, yes. I don't. Come on, Dominic. (laughs) What is that reference to? What did I say? Because we had this whole Oreo discussion about like how much frosting it, like, you know, the. Oh, because you guys like the double stuff, quadruple thousand stuff, (laughs) mega hugeness stuff. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for the refresher there, because I did not remember that. Well, to answer your question, Dominic, I am not anti stuff. (laughs) I am just anti more than what is needed stuff. There you go. (laughs) No, I. I, I think the ratio is perfect on the original Oreo. That's all I'm saying. There For me go. personally, right. okay? He's a purist. <laughs> uh, Dominic continues, awesome job on episode 123. I have to agree with Andrew and say that I think Robin Hood may be my all-time favorite audio drama. And Sonic Con sounds awesome. Thanks so much for sharing the news with us. Now, if only I lived on the other side of the USA. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, there are, there are, are these things called airplanes? Yeah. Oh, that's almost exactly what I was about to say. That's <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be rude there, Dominic. I know it can be expensive to travel across the country. So I, I believe Dominic is in Washington. So that would be a little bit of a jaunt. But he also says, uh, do you know what's going on over at Heirloom Audio? I thought they were going to release three new productions this year. And so far, I've only seen For the Temple. There's been no feedback on the Live the Adventure Club. For quite some time, and no new content either. Just wondering, because I'm excited for their next productions. Well, so are we. And um, unfortunately, no, we don't know what's going on over there. And actually, For the Temple was released late last year, um, not even this year. So they have not released anything at all in the calendar year of 2019. We do know that their next production is going to be 
It's called One of the 28th, The Story of Waterloo. And I was under the impression that it was almost completed. And I thought it was supposed to release a few weeks back or months ago, a couple months ago. And uh, it has not yet. So I do not know where that stands. And it sounds like you are a, a club member as well. So you did see the news about them adapting the Lee Duigan stories, which looks to be some sort of Christian fantasy series, but there has been no news on that either. So bottom line is, no, we don't know what's going on, but we're going to try to find out for you because you're not the only one who's wondering. We've heard from other people and uh, frankly, we're wondering ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right. So thank you, Dominic, Easy, Antonio, Book Learner, Didi, Thank you so much for the feedback. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, One quick little plug. Just wanted to throw this out there. So I recently worked with a longtime ATC listener, Ezra, and also a member of the Audio Drama Alliance to produce a cover song. And so I've been singing for many years, ever since I was a little kid. It's not to say that I'm going to be a recording artist or anything like that or that I'm even that great, but I had fun working on a cover song. And if you want to check it out, the link is in the show notes. And it was fun working with Ezra to do the production on that. So, you know, I thought I would mention it and see whoever's interested can go check it out on my website. But there's a link in the show notes. So, wow, this was another jam-packed episode. So much to talk about. We are super thrilled about Jake Muller Adventures and really excited to see where they take that. Hey, get in touch with us. There's so many different ways to do that. Head over to audiotheatercentral.com slash contact for all of the different ways. And of course, show notes are always at audiotheatercentral.com slash episode number, which in this case is 124. We just released a new episode on Backstage where we actually reviewed the entire first season of Down Gilead Lane. I know a lot of you have been asking us to do that for a long time, so if you want to hear that, Backstage is the only way. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Audio Theater Central is a production of Porchlight Family Media. Our theme music was composed by Sam Avendano. The show is produced and edited by yours truly, J.D. Sutter. Our website is audiotheatercentral.com. Another mega episode. We're we're just... Our recent episodes have been longer and longer. (laughs) That's right. But that's what people... That's what the people want. (laughs) Yes. Gotta give them what they want. I listen to weekly podcasts that are like an hour and a half and two hours long. I know. I don't think it's too lengthy. (laughs) (laughs) And I know another thing that a lot of people listen for is Roy's joke. All right. Here we go. Speaking of, so on the uh, crime thread here, Jake Moeller fighting crime and things of that nature. Okay. Not UFOs, but (laughs) crime. Okay. So here we go. Before we moved, we lived in a town where no one was worried about crime in the streets. The criminals made house calls. <laughs> nice. Perfecto. Porchlight Family Media. Your source for family-centered content. Porchlightfamilymedia.com. <laughs>